Welcome to the Irish Society of Stage and Screen Designers podcast. Each episode covers different aspects of sonography and its processes with designers from all disciplines at a variety of stages in their careers. These podcasts are possible thanks to the Design and Crafts Council of Ireland. Welcome back to Stage Left. This episode focuses on the differences between designing for theatre, dance and opera. For instance, are the creative and collaborative processes different depending on our form, or does it depend on the team or on the genre? Which art form gives more artistic freedom? In this podcast, we discuss these and other topics, as well as the impact of technology on the creative process. I am Noelia Ruiz, and as usual, I am in great company with three outstanding design artists. Lighting designer Shinei McKenna, composer, sound designer and performer Tom Lane, and set and costume designer Savinder Jong. The three of them have designed extensively for theatre, dance and opera, and other art forms such as film or installation. You can find out more details about Sabine, Sinead and Tom on their respective websites, which are included in the description of this podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, thank you so much for being here today, Sabine, Sinead and Tom. I guess we can start with a very broad question. What is the key difference for you between designing for theatre, dance or opera? The time, the timing, like the timing is more important in opera and I find that really interesting. That's the first thing who struck me and uh, But I mean, I'm not speaking about design. It, 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 it has an influence on the design, but the production, the timing is much more important. So it has an effect on the design uh, and the, the dance. I don't know, I love dance also. Um, the, I think there is something more free to me uh, regarding theater. Like there is something uh, really free and very modern in one way. And also regarding design, Um, because there is no text often, uh, the, the, I think for me that's what is also very interesting is that the, 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 the show is built with the design kind of rising instead of being kind of um, something coming on the background or something, so I, which I don't like. Uh, so for me, that's, that's an indifference. I'd say it's, um, in terms of dance and theatre, with sound, that's a similar thing as well because, um, because uh, as, as Sabine said, with the, often there's less text in dance pieces and um, with sound, sound and text often competing for intelligibility and volumes. It's quite, quite a basic thing, but um, sometimes in a play you have to uh, keep out the way of the text, whereas in a dance piece sometimes you have more freedom to, to be quite loud and uh, the music can be quite sort of... Um, Well, it could be more engaging, I suppose, because it's not it's not taking attention away from the text. But that's a that's a fairly surface level thing in sound, anyway. But it's it, it ends up being very important on everything you do. That's really interesting that you say that because it would be really similar visually as well. You kind of like what you said there about keeping out of the way of it. Mm. Um, I think the text, like in a Shakespeare, for example, everything is in the text. So the more you kind of design and throw on top of it, sometimes you can almost take away from it. Um, and so. 
with with a lot of text and the body is it the face is the choreography is in the face almost and that becomes the real um point of um i don't know intense focus if you like whereas with with dance particularly it's it's a different it's a completely different freer type of um choreography i guess it's, it's very interesting yeah, that, that, yeah. obviously the, te- the, the the text is is such a dominant thing in lots of in lots of um theater like stage theater and then of course there's lots of there's lots of um crossover things you know where there's really more there could be dance pieces with more text or theater pieces with less text yeah as soon as you start to break it down because we, we just we were having a little chat just before we started and everything that we we were spoke, speaking about having worked on was kind of something that was yeah. opera and dance or you know text or theater piece with dance or so uh, yeah. is it different as well to collaborate with other designers in each different art form I think it, it it kind of always depends on on the individuals. I think in the in the project yeah. and who's yeah. leading it, and some some directors or choreographers might be more collaborative than others. Sometimes, sometimes it's more of a kind of director led thing. But some it really depends. I, I guess maybe in in in, in dance pieces uh, it grows more organically. Um, uh, so you, all the designers will contribute um, different ideas along the way. Uh, and some t- some with some theatre productions, it's more like you rehearse and then you kind of add the design later. But only it's not not always the case. But maybe broadly, it's a bit like that. So there's less maybe less collaboration in the theatre piece. Broadly, yeah, yeah, no question. It. Um, yeah, no. I just I think I was just nodding along as you were saying that, Tom. Mm-hmm. But, um, there's something about dance. It's it can be difficult to 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 talk about dance and where where because. It's something that's forming itself and becoming itself as you, you know, from the very beginning, from when you're approached from the very beginning, you're given an idea. It's not something that exists on paper or it's an, it's, it's a set of ideas. And, and so everybody kind of feeds into that and it becomes itself as it goes along. Um, whereas there's a bit of a roadmap, I guess, when you have a text and there's, I mean, that, that can be freeing in another way. Um, but I think, there's much more of a feeling with a text that um, it's already been imagined, obviously, by the person who wrote it to some extent. And, and um, it just comes, yeah, it comes with a different, and you, it's something more tangible to talk about. Some, sometimes it's actually easier and you, it comes almost fully formed into your head what this thing is going to be or could be. Whereas with dance, it's very much um, the conversations you have along the way, all of the things you're looking at and talking about. And then once once the choreography happens, it completely morphs. It keep, keeps changing all along the way. Would that be the same with opera then when there's, when the, the score, you know, the score is usually completely finished before you start rehearsals. And so it's like the script, it's, it's very prescriptive and it, I, you know, yeah, what scenes you have and where and things. In, sorry to, to be, just, just to continue that a little bit. I think I find because music is also something that maybe it's just me personally, I find it slightly more difficult not in a bad way, but I str- it's it's harder to have those conversations because they're 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 sort of uh, what's the word tenuous or they're and so I find opera in a way is is equally open to me because you don't know yet what the architecture of it is or what the space of it is. It's all a kind of an idea until it starts becoming more concrete. If that makes any sense. Yeah. But I found uh, what struck me 
like I didn't work a lot in opera, but I found it really interesting. But what struck me is the structure in one way of the rehearsal and Adan when you go on set. It's like, it's, it's like, I don't know, I did find it, like I, I, I didn't really understand, you know, why he was. And after you, you do understand because it's, there is so much people involved. It's such kind of total art. It's a, I find it a really strange art. I, I find it makes me think a lot about, um, do you know the film, um, oh no, I'm not going, Steve McQueen, the film of Steve McQueen about the, the slave, I can't remember the exact title, but at some point there is people dancing really formally, um, uh, black people doing a, a, doing a dance, a kind of 17th century dance, and it does make me think a lot, a little bit about that. I mean, I think there is an image of Oprah that's kind of really stiff, um, and it is stiff in the way the rehearsal is coming and all that. It's, I, there is something that's a bit mad I found about it, but in the same time, I don't know, it's extremely idealist and extremely interesting art, like, you know, but there is definitely a shape that's more structured. You're right. Yeah. Because, like, you know, there is the piano, I can't remember, like, you know, it's, it's the, like there's, there's different names, the, the hierarchy, hierarchy is different. And uh, it's a juggernaut that you have to slot into in a way. It has its own cause, yeah. like you say, because of the scale of it generally. It, it's going to keep going no matter what. So, you know, yeah. if you wait with something, that doesn't matter. So, yeah, it, while in, in some ways conceptually it can be really free in a way, um, it's, it's this thing that's already predetermined. Like, it, it's quite frightening when you do it the first time, especially if you do a bigger opera and everything is scheduled and timetabled to within an inch of its life and the rehearsals are like you say, really, um, you know, set down in stone almost. Yeah. Well, obviously, the, having, having all the musicians coming in at certain times and things have to be ready for then. And yeah. Because there's just so many people that you can't be sort of hanging around. Yeah. So everything's got to be very time to No, let's just see what this is going to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be done. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I have another question. There is this uh, program by Liz Roach Company, Dance Island, and the Lear Academy that pairs lighting design students, the MFA in the Lear, with choreographers. And what I find very interesting about this program is that they obviously have identified a need that tackles the differences between designing for different art forms in terms of vocabularies, dynamics, and I know Sinead was a founder of such program. So what is your take on that? And is there room for similar programs for set design and uh, sound or music composition? I, I started that with Liz when I was, uh, I, I was, I was teaching the lighting design masters in the Lear and it came out of like the students. So they would do, they would work with set, they worked with physical objects and they had kind of um, conceptual pieces and there was a real need, I felt, there's some sort of a relationship that happens. Like lighting is design in time, if you like. It's like a set, is, I mean, Sabine will kill me for saying this, but it, to some extent it's yeah. a static thing. It, it exists, it's there, it may move, it may change, but um, essentially the set kind of exists, the space exists. Whereas the body moving through space is a completely moment to moment it's it's making and creating the stories and the shape and the architecture if you like from from moment to moment and, and lighting 
the way the light and a body interacts, it's a, it's a two way process. And I, I found that really most kind of profoundly when I did, um, I think it was pageant with Kush came and I had like, we did the last, say the last run before we had, I think it might've been the last dress rehearsal and then we had an audience. So I had reams of notes from the dress rehearsal and I realized throughout seeing it again without having had been a, had an, having a chance to sort of address those notes that the dancers had almost fixed about a good third half at least those notes by just being so aware of the space and where they could feel where the light was maybe not you know they would get themselves into it and there's a there's a magic sort of thing that actors do it to a certain extent as well but it's a it's a lovely relationship um that that's felt it's an instinctive thing and so that was why I thought it was really important for people who are learning lighting design to be able to work with a body moving through space because that's what that's essentially that's what you're doing in theater as well you're watching the body moving around and um I guess how how lighting inter interacts with with the body that's that's kind of where that came from um and yes there is room for you know I think there are there are different disciplines um as they all cross over but it's good to sort of you know try and split them up and and hone one area if you like so um you know even sort of thinking about how to put a lighting how do you teach lighting design that was a struggle I mean how do you teach because any as soon as you say anything like uh you know theater lighting is different to dance because um people usually just sit there and talk as soon as I've said that statement we we will all come up with 50 million different reasons why that's not true it's really hard to say you know this is this is why theater is this way because what everything that we do is so different and we're always fighting and creating new rules and sort of working against what the norm is so um I don't know if I'm kind of completely off topic now is it because it's technically different, but in one way, artistically, it's not different? Like the need of put some, you know, technically there is some difference, I'm sure, in sound and lights. I mean, and, and also set, like there is difference, but uh, artistically, not really to me. I think there were, there were lots of rules that came with dance, like, you know, people would, like side lighting was always expected because the body had to be sculpted out. And like more and more you see that people break those rules because it's more interesting to see a body in a different way. Um, but so, yeah, so technically there are differences and there are kind of expectations that come with each one. And then we continually break them and, and, and do different things, I guess. But is it not like even technically like in theatre at some point, I mean, maybe, maybe that's even stupid to say, but like... I remember one time having, having worked on a comedy. I don't think it's true for all theater, but on a comedy. And it was not very lit. And I think it was problematic because to laugh, I think you need to see the face. So that's kind of technical things almost. Like there is no, I mean. That is one thing, I guess, Sabine, that like, you know, as I was just saying there, it's very hard to say to say any statement without disproving it immediately with an example or something you've done. But comedy, what you said there is actually probably the one thing that I think throughout my everything that I've done, it's remained true. Like people are not comfortable to laugh unless they can really see. And they, and it needs to be almost overlit. And you, you have to, that's one of those yeah, it's instances where you kind of have to let the visual 
maybe it looks more beautiful to have somebody kissed from the side with a you know a, a shaft but it's not funny you know they're just not gonna laugh yeah, <laughs> and of course again I'm sure somebody could be sitting at home right now or whatever thinking oh there was this thing that was hilarious and you couldn't see anything but a silhouette uh but yeah not for one and a half usually not for one hour and a half no fair enough yeah, yeah. Um, no. in terms of the um, the the pairing of uh, so um, you mentioned the pairing of choreographers and lighting designers in uh, in, in in the Lear, I think it was um, there's definitely with with music and dance there's definitely a lot of lot of that kind of stuff goes on um, for example in 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 the University of Limerick because they they do have um, they have very strong like dance and music programs I know that they definitely very often pair up. Um, composers and choreographers. So I think them. I think that's that's really useful because, well, that's because you, you, you dance usually has some kind of music with it. It's quite unusual if it doesn't. Um, so it's a definitely dance needs quite a lot of music, and um, it's good. To, it's good for people to start working with those kind of collaborative relationships in in college already. Um, but it's. It, I think it is. It is a difficult relationship as well between uh, choreographers and musicians because. Well, I suppose often the dance piece is like led by the choreographer rather than the musician. So often um, the choreographer might might have quite sort of um, fixed ideas what the music needs to be like, like other design elements. But then if you're coming from a composition background, then you have quite sort of strong ideas about what your own music needs to be like and what it, what its own kind of rules and grammar are. So it's, it's, it's good. I think it's important to learn how to negotiate those there's different needs from different sides. Um, so that if you're just used to only ever doing music for purely musical things, it's very hard to then adapt that to any other form or any other needs. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's what takes precedence in the moment, isn't it? Because I guess you could say the same mm. maybe with set and definitely with lighting that there is so, your, your aesthetic maybe or, or what you think looks fantastic often has to get you know, you just have to be ready to throw things out if they don't serve the moment or, um, yeah, if they're not right for the moment. And then when you have two things coming head to head and it's, how do we, I don't know, we generally always do get through, I mean, there's probably there's probably a reason why there's a director or, you know, the choreographer is yeah. calling the shots because in the end of the day, somebody has to make the decision about what's more important. Um, but I find, I find this generally, between like designers, I don't, I don't usually find that there's a, they're not really strong conflicts I find because everything's kind of in its and maybe more between set and lighting because they're both visual maybe that's more of a parallel but um, it's very rare that like the sound is getting in the way of the lighting or anything because it's just so completely different parts of our I find it different parts of your brain that's experiencing it it's more like the, the sound is in the way of the, the the actors or something I find or or, um, or it's not working with the with the structure of the thing or it's or the mood is too dark or something I suppose that's similar to the lighting but that that's like I think when you're I, I mean you've said something really profound there maybe that I do find relationships with designers can be almost um without sort of expressing it we can be on the same page more so say if we're working through a really complex thing with sound and lighting we can often be like okay that's no no that's not quite right and you'll keep working it until you both know that it's right and that generally tends to happen really naturally and gorgeously organically between designers and equally I would say with sound designers as with mm. set that 
very, very, like there's been very few occasions where, where I've worked with someone where we've been completely on, you know, different page to each other in terms of designers and, and not really getting where, what the other person is, where the other person's coming from. Or Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I guess maybe it's something sometimes with, well, with sound and lights really, but, you know, sometimes you're punctuating things maybe and um, maybe it's, it, it's, as long as it's clear where and what the punctuation is, like just it, like the end of a scene or something. I guess it's just you, you know it's definitely the end of something so you just need to work out how to how to make that work together so it's not kind of you're not it's not kind of a fundamental content issue it's kind of yeah just supporting the content. structure of the piece yeah it's more like a puzzle or a kind yeah. of yeah. solving of something that, that's it yeah yeah what about for you sabine as a set designer i don't know i think i'm kind of since we started this conversation, I'm kind of thinking like in one way, as I said, I think it's technically important, the difference, but artistically, it's not. An, and so I, I, to me, I think it's more like person by person. It's very individual, like what we are doing. It's like, it's more the relation with the, the director, those are designer. I mean, so teaching it differently, uh, personally, I don't think so. But, okay. um, you know, I... I I'm not saying, like, I, I understand it's different, but I, I don't, or maybe I don't understand the question. I don't know if it's a need for a com completely different course. Mm -hmm. Or maybe there, some people feel there is needs, but I, I'm, I'm not uh, completely clear on, on, on why as a, as, a, as a designer, but also as a spectator. Mm -hmm. you know, when I think about it, I'm like, to me, if I go to see a show, I don't know. I'm just looking for emotion. I think, you know, a link with me. And I, I'm not sure if we need different tools. Or, I mean, I think we need to adapt our tools, but do, do they need to be very different? I'm not sure. There is so much, like, every piece of show is different. It's not, I think. I mean, I, I really feel it like that. And I think maybe more and more I feel it like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There is no right or wrong answer. It's, you know, no, as we are saying, it's personal and we all approach things in different ways. So for you, it is, you know, the relationship you establish with the piece, I suppose, with whatever art form it is. Yeah. I was uh, finding it interesting as well, like when Tom was talking about uh, composing for dance, for instance, and I know that there was a trend for quite a long time in which uh, choreographers didn't want to use uh, music because it detected too much the movement. So um, I'm not sure, Tommy, you have encountered any difficulties in that area. Um, uh, yeah, it's kind of different. Again, it's, it's, as has been said, it's different in every case. But, but I could say, for example, between um, ballet and contemporary dance, um, that's they're almost two different, uh, completely different forms in themselves. Even though they're obviously both to do with movement and music. But for example, I mean, I haven't worked on. I probably worked on more contemporary dance projects than ballet. But ballet, um, very often, in a similar way to an opera, the music comes first, and it's often it's often an established um, ballet score. Um, although when I've worked on it, we've been slightly changing those things. But just because of the, well, I think it's just because the way it's evolved and the way it's come from the. The, the, the kind of older form that it is that it'll be the score which dictates the um the kind of um 
choreography and the, the movement and the, often the narrative of the piece. Um, so then with ballet, it's, it's, it, with kind of traditional, there's exceptions kind of thing, but often, you know, you're very much on the beat and it's very much based on counts to the music. Um, whereas with lots of contemporary dance, often the, the dancers have their own kind of internal, this is from what I understand anyway, because I'm not a dancer, but they have their inter internal counts and beat and it's not necessarily dependent on the music. So then what that means as a musician or a composer is that you, in, in, in contemporary dance, you might come in and the, the well, you might be working together, but the, the dance is kind of working uh, to its own structure and rhythm. And then the, it's the music's job to kind of fit around that. So then you have to devise ways in a similar way to theatre that the music can be adaptable in terms of length and timing and it can respond to the, to the movement. Whereas in, in ballet, it's, it's the other way around. You, you, you finish, you've made a recording or you've made the score of the music before they start making the choreography and then the choreography is very much set to that. So then you, you, if, if, you, if you add a, new, a few seconds in the, in the music, it'll really mess up the dancers because they're working really closely to it. So um, that's, uh, yeah, it's like a, a real a different way of working for the, for the composer. And as, as, as you said earlier, um, uh, obviously some, some contemporary dance doesn't use any music at all, but sometimes... So, I mean, sometimes there's ways of, of, of using more subtle musical things like quieter notes or sustained sounds. I mean, that, that is just kind of providing a, like an atmosphere or a background for the piece rather than a very strong kind of melodic or harmonic um, mood, which, which lots of, uh, I guess, more traditional types of music can do. It's very like, um, it'll dictate exactly how the piece is. But sometimes you can, you can have ways where it's more of a sort of subtle, subtle effect and it's kind of coloring the dance rather than, exactly dictating it which i guess it's a little bit like my lighting design in that way yeah i was just thinking that as you were speaking very much how you'd approach a design uh, particularly the the process after the initial conceptual stage when you are just responding to the dance as it as it exists you're coming in to something that has already becoming you know it's, if i'm working from the inside out um yeah. that's really interesting and the nice thing with with dance is that i find it's, it's very like um when you're with, with music and dance is very like combinatorial like you can there can be a certain choreography and set of movements and you can put various different types of sound or music with it and it can make different completely different um, results you know and it's it's kind of seeing what what goes with what it's it's putting different elements together at the same time and it's and then it kind of evolves then and then obviously then if you put a certain type of music with something then it'll influence the choreography more as well but it's um it's kind of it's kind of a pure form of um, just kind of putting different things together and seeing how they work. It's kind of like mixing ingredients in a recipe or something like that. Like you know? jamming, you know, like musicians yeah. jam. Kind of like a big jam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but with 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 visual and yeah and sound elements, which is really interesting. I mean, any art form who is more contemporary is more free, whatever it is, dance or probably I mean, probably less. But even I think it's. It's like we, we are trying to have less rules, you know, or maybe we have some, but they're less visible for us right now because we, we just think it's new or something, but uh, there is probably, yeah. But I think, I, I do think there is less rules, you know, it's more, there is something more free. And also when you are speaking, um, term, like I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking like, to me, when I think about creation in dance, by example, I will more think about the, before seeing the dance, 
because the set, um, like the main, the main difference in designing, I think, is you know, set lighting uh, costume, like costume and set. We are usually designing. I mean, I know there is already also design, or maybe in some, some you know. Uh, but anyway, the set you 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 need to do it before you see before you see uh, uh, the the movement. Because you're making you're making the physical things that need to be finished. It takes longer to make them. Yes, and it's kind of weird because in one way, I think the purpose of the setting dance would be to accompany, like it would be to, to go with the movement, but you, you, you don't see it. So you're kind of trying to imagine it. I mean, there is something you're you are trying to imagine, something that's physical and that's abstract, and you're trying to bring it and, you know, I don't know, it's different, you know, it's come at different time. I mean, I, you know, I know, I know it's also flexible, like, you know, because you, you also think about the light and the sound before. Yeah, and I think maybe if that's maybe where I think earlier on you were asking how different people are. Like, that's maybe one thing where I think some designers are really successful, lighting designers I'm talking about, um, who can kind of almost fully form the idea beforehand and will that... Uh, what they've dreamed about three months in advance and planned, you know, because a lot of the time, say if I'm working with you, Sabine, we talk ideas really early on. And then, but then when it comes to that, the live element, like the jamming bit, as we're talking about, um, I always kind of design an element into the, into my plans where you have to respond to the moment. Like no matter what you've talked about for months and months and months, you have yeah. to just chuck it out and do what, either just yes that's it that's great or that's wrong or um and so I love having an element of being able to play along now you know it may, maybe can make things slightly more chaotic so I do think there is a really there's some brilliant designers who are really who just seem to be able to <laughs> fully fledge their ideas and kind of stick to that the entire way through and I do find with my mind I think it, it will always be informed by all the original conversations will will be will be in you know, it's obviously informed by that, but I, I just do tend to leave it that the live element, if you like, and, and I mean live by being the, the re rehearsal process and the tech and making it in the space, that's kind of the live element for me. I like being able to to muck around a bit. I think in terms of music, um, the thing that's enabled uh, music to be able to be that flexible is, is the kind of recent technological developments. Um, that you know maybe 100 years ago you had to have a group of live musicians and you know if you want a big sound it has to be a full orchestra and in order to control that orchestra in an effective way you have to pre-determine what the score is everyone needs to be playing from the same score so that's probably why you know traditionally these traditional forms like ballet and opera um they, they have to have these very fixed scores which are fixed before the rehearsal start but you know now we can create a huge variety of amazing sounds with one person and a laptop and you know it, it, it can be adapted very very quickly so uh, and it, it gives a huge amount of flexibility um that you can adapt things in a moment and i guess and and it, so maybe previously music was in a similar way to set design where you had to have the big finished objects ready okay. before you because it just takes time to physically make them it takes time to make the score and rehearse all these different musicians but now you know we you can use your your software and you can create anything you want in seconds you know it's very very quick he has enabled that and it's the same exact same with lighting like lighting would have been a lot like you couldn't just have a momentary just idea to change everything to red yeah. even up until probably 10 years ago yeah 
um, you know, like the, so exactly like technology has enabled this freedom and maybe Sabine in 50 years time will be 3D printing your set as, as the dancers are dancing around. I mean, who knows? But that is, it's a really interesting point that you've hit on there mm. that, and, and I love the analogy of the, like it, you obviously needed a, an orchestra to learn something in advance. It's not like you can have a change of mind. And you I'm can change sure, something, but then like obviously like the, the main ideas have to be pretty much. Yeah, I'm sure they must. Like, I, I, I really don't know. But if you've written something, Tom, how free are you once everybody knows it? If you know, if you've written for a large number of players, like, how much can you change it if you have a brilliant idea in the middle of? I mean, that when, the more people you have, the harder it is to like coordinate everybody, and especially working with with, with singers. Often, you know, they need to learn things from memory, and it needs to be quite fixed. I mean, you. When you work, when when you uh, when you were making a, a new piece of opera, obviously there are things that do change. Like you might change words, you might change some rhythms, you might add in some time, you might add in extra bars and things. But usually, you know, you'll need to go in and produce the, the next, the, the new version of the score for clarity. I mean, you can like pencil some things in, uh, and like, that works to a certain extent. But then after a while, you know, you just it's it's all pencil markings and it's too confusing. But it's kind of a combination. But but usually, you, you know, you're, you're generally the music is pretty fixed before the thing but, the, but with but with elements of flexibility within it but um i guess it's just because you're coordinating all these different players but it just become if, if you were just accompanying a dance piece with one or two musicians obviously it's going to be a lot easier to to adapt things but if you if you were working with an orchestra of 80 people and 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 20 dancers and a huge thing obviously then it's it's going to just multiply endlessly how many different changes you have to make to make a small change Maybe that's the beauty of it as well, because there's something about we've gotten to a stage now where we can, and particularly I'll just talk about lighting because that's what I know, but we can, we almost have the, with moving lights and, and colour changing and, and we, we almost do have the um, capability to change everything. Now, obviously, you know, we don't, it depends on where you put them and there's an awful lot of thought goes into it in, in advance, but it, there's a difficulty that comes with that that if you almost can't do anything in the moment and maybe potentially sound as well, you can kind of jam alongside when, when we're creating something, but it brings its own, it brings its own um, difficulties because there are too many options. And so maybe the, the, the fact that you have such a big number of people and it is what it is and it's, it has to adhere to what you kind of originally thought might work. <laughs> There's some, that's the beauty of what that piece is then. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we take it for granted as well now that it is quite easy to change things in sound and lights very quickly. Um, and you, you know, if you just think the pace we're often working in like tech rehearsals and things are just changing this quickly. And then we're making notes very quickly and changing things is, is amazing. And then, you know, if, with 10 or 20 years ago, it just would have taken so much longer, but then, you know, the results weren't bad that back then either. I mean, there's amazing things produced, I guess, I guess, yeah, you just kind of work within whatever limitations there are, I guess, maybe in 10 or 20 years, we'll wonder how we ever worked without all those amazing tools we'll have then. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's good to, sometimes it is good to have those limitations and those, those fixed structures, and then you kind of work around it and you, you still create something that's yeah. very good in a different way. It's hard to know which is better. What about the impact of technology on set design, Sabine? physical about a set where you are just I don't know you need to walk on it and so there is something you know even if uh, you know 
at some point everything will be kind of like projected or whatever like you know there is also physicality because we are human we are not you know we can see that with the pandemic like we are we are here like we, you know, we need space we need I don't know physical need uh, yeah I mean, the technology but the, the technology seems to me is a two, like I mean I don't know I will put in the center the, the, the ideas the intention and the technology is helping or it's you know like it, again it can also change because I'm sure it, but it is a tool like it can be a great tool I mean um I don't know. I think uh, I, I, it's certainly, I mean, on, on a practical level also, it's uh, to me, technology, what's really useful day, like every day is just like being able to do your plan on, on computer, being able to send them really quickly. I don't know. There is something like that. That's unbelievably freeing. Like, you know, um, the, 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 the capacity to work on, on a computer regarding all the preparation. Um, yeah, and projection and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, I just think it's just, it's just important to, 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 to stay, to use it. To I agree. It's definitely a tool. I think, just speaking for music, um, in some cases, there, there are times when the, even though it is, it is a tool which ideally should be used to realize something that you've kind of created in your head. But often I find um, you, you, you create things that, uh, that the tool can kind of implement more effectively. Yeah. Um, so for example, in music, we've got this great software called QLab, which is a really common software. And um, it's really good for queuing stuff to, um, to stage action or, or dialogue or whatever. Um, and it means that the music can be very flexible and adapt very easily to live performance. Um, but it means that also then you end up making things that will work very well in that software. Um, yeah. Whereas there are some, some types of things are very, very difficult to implement software. So you, you just, you just instinctively avoid that. You just let you learn what works well and then you're slowly adapting. You're, you're kind of adapting yourself to the software. Yeah. A bit strange, it kind of, it's just the easiest way of, working but then but then you know it's, you're creating something new that you wouldn't have been able to do before but in a way the software is is dictating to you which is i i, I do think um, i'm sabine i think you probably have loads to say on this but just as a lighting designer who deals with loads of set plans and and has has, has sort of worked with a lot of set designers who would have drawn from paper like that's how we started out um and even the light like my first lighting plans would have been on paper you know on trace over set plans um and so there was definitely a, a period I remember in the noughties where you know I I would work with different designers I could tell I could see the difference with people who were, who were designing on CAD all the time like and Sabine you weren't at the time and I think your designs were very um text texture textural and something that doesn't co come across in I think that there was a very geometric there was a period where everything was very geometric and big and, 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 and then there were these other designs, people who were working on paper that were much more curvy and just shapes that are fucking possible to draw on CAD or really, really difficult and, or, and, and textures. And, and it was more, you know, a sense of the material and the feel of it. Um, now I think every, you know, pretty much nearly everybody works on CAD and I don't think that it's excluded um, that way of working that's more more tactile but 
anyway, I don't know. What do you think, Sabine? I, I definitely felt that at the time. What do I think about what? Sorry. Do you think there's a difference? Like, has being able to draw, has it changed the way you design, do you think? Um, I can't not really remember when I did it on paper. Like, I, I you know, but I, I think I can see even right now I'm doing something curved with loads of curve on uh, on AutoCAD. And it's, it's a fight. It's, a, it's kind of a fight to do it like that. And I am... You know, I'm about to do it in 3D and just the sort of, you know, like, I really want to try this. I want to see what he does, like, instead of doing, like, a, a model, you know, like little cardboard things, which are kind of fun, cute, because it's so, there's something so childish and I find fantastic about it. But in the same time, it's interesting to try something else. And I, I don't know, I think I, I fight to, to trying to use things and still keeping what I want to do. Like, of course, you are influenced by it, but I, I, I'm trying to be aware of it. Like, I, I've, I totally agree with you, Tom. Like, I remember thinking, starting to, to when I start to use uh, AutoCAD, I remember the fact that it's easy to copy you know, and a paste and copy things of the text, like which is probably the same thing for writing and stuff like that. That that fact, and when if you look like if you walk and you look at building, you can see that in the way the building are, you know, the the, the you know um, where people live, like apartments and stuff like that. I think you can see that, and I am I am aware of it. You know, I think I think maybe sometimes it's interesting to use, but it's interesting to be aware because. I don't really want them to leave me like that things. Like, you know, I, 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 I do think it's fantastic. And that's why I want to do also the 3D things. I want to see, you know, where you bring me, but in the same time, like, yeah. So I mean, in music is exactly the same. So you can, yeah. you can loop, loop something so quickly. You can have like two seconds and you loop that and it's suddenly an hour and you're like, you know, <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. And, but it can, it can, it can sound amazing. I and mean, even if you're playing that on a violin or something, you just get tired and you, you wouldn't bother, but the technology allows you to, but then you, as soon as you loop it, then you can add other loops and you add other layers and you make something very interesting. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just this kind of small technological change and it just creates this big shift in your thinking. But then, yeah, I know what you mean. You, you, you do find yourself being led by it. And as you said, you're kind of uh, like a fight with the technology sometimes that there's mm -hmm. things that are very difficult. That are, it's very easy for us to do natural, like drawing curves or, or, or composing something very free. And, but then when you're trying to put that into the software, the software is very it's like, oh. regular yeah so then it's like how much do you struggle with the software um or how much do you sort of submit yourself to it and bend yourself to that it's, it's a strange thing isn't it yeah that there's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it makes some things very easy and some things very hard and yeah, it, it, it influences it the results things harder in a way like it, it, it it's made everything so much easier but it, like as you were talking there tom i was thinking about like a similar thing that would happen for us maybe would be say like a, a lighting effect, like a chase where you want something to happen. And like the technology has made infinite amounts. It's just so easy to just cut and paste and have everything happening in time. And But when you want something like a really good candle or fire, like you actually, the amount of times where I've just tried to apply a generic effect and you can change all the parameters and make it this, that and the other, but actually you end up throwing that out and doing every little up, down and time yourself because that's more chaotic in a way. 
then if you had it just human, it? It's yeah and we're human maybe that's it we're trying to so you do have to fight the technology to stop because the technology makes things so easy you have to fight the easy solution mm. um so keep up the good fight there with your curves sabine i look forward but to seeing also, it yeah <laughs> let me check that i'm going to spend christmas <laughs> but uh it's funny because I think I think also I mean I feel that like when we work in theater and stuff like that, you you kind of run after the authenticity of something that's not technologic, even with technology. So you look for the you know when I think about like lighting design, I'm thinking about like the flick of the neon or the fluorescent tube or something like that kind of things. It's like or the fire, like you said, like you know the fire. You kind of and this is. It's kind of interesting because it's something that at the beginning was a problem. So the, the neon line, maybe light, maybe take a really long time to read. Is it a neon or a fluorescent? Like an old fluorescent tube, yeah. Yeah, but like this, that was a problem originally. The fact that it doesn't meet straight away and all that become like the things we are like really thirsty with technology because we know that everything that's a bit imperfect make it more human and more emotional or something like that. Like, you know, I think... <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like we were, we spent de- you know decades trying to avoid the flicker of the fluorescent emulate <laughs> it perfectly. Taking hours. <laughs> now we look for the mistake yeah. of the human. So very interesting. Thank you so much. We are almost running out of time. So I suppose my last question, a little bit difficult, uh, or maybe not. It's like, do you prefer to design for one or the other? And I understand that. Obviously, when we are talking about dance, it's not the same ballet as contemporary. So, is there a preference for you? I guess right now, anything would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it all. Let's do it all. Everything's brilliant because we, we've not been able to like, do all the real interesting live stuff. Relish anything. I think uh, um, Tom or Sabine kind of had said this earlier on that it's about the work or the. Pe- it's really it'll be very. It's about the people. It's about the the idea behind it it's about the spark that brings the whole thing together so it for me it doesn't really matter as long as um like Sabine you put it a lot better earlier on it's about the feeling and the 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 heart of it and how everybody comes together rather than um any particular discipline for me Mm. um I um I mean, I've always felt uh, that movement was more important. The movement is more important to me than text, I think. Um, so dance, I really like dance. Um, and, and physical theater, which is kind of similar to me. Um, I think I, I understand that better. But I really want to do more opera. I think it's kind of blew my mind. Like when I saw the orchestra coming like I just, I just I think it's unbelievable there, there is something unbelievable I think there is something really really dusty in opera but there is also something really interesting it's so I don't know it's so you know one I mean I, I you know the, the design to me I feel I mean I know some people probably think the opera the music is more important but I think there is also the notion that the, the, the visual is really important I don't know, there is something a bit crazy. So I would love to do more because I don't know it very well. And I, I so, but... It's I like it. terrible about the amount of people involved. Like I do think, because everybody is kind of, yeah. everybody's energy is coalescing into this one single point of the, 
you know, the piece happening. And and maybe opera is incredible and powerful and really, you know, it's motive to watch it and to be a part of it and even to be teching it because it's such a full room. You're working with so many people all kind of concentrating. I mean, obviously everybody's concentrating on all their different bits, but there's an amazing kind of energy that goes into all of the elements. It's huge. Like it's, it's, it's a big, it's really exciting to work on something big like that. Mm. I feel a little bit like Sabine that um, I find there's a, there's a kind of natural affinity between music and movement and, uh, and dance and choreography. It's some, somehow um, I, 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 when I, when I watch dance, I'm, I'm seeing it like some kind of, it sounds very pretentious, some kind of visual music, but I don't feel that that at all really is. I feel, I think it's something to do with maybe this dichotomy or something between text and like the written word and the, everything else or something I mean and yeah. I encounter it in yeah in opera when I'm like working with a text and trying to set that to music I find that kind of conflict there and I find it with theatre when there's like the script and then there's all the other elements but I don't find that in dance I find that we're kind of yeah. working in the same way and it's it seems like a very natural process for yeah dancers. yeah they're kind of, it's like the I don't know it's like their bodies are the instruments or something I don't know and they're, they're making the sounds they're making the music it just seems much more relatable for me. And then mm-hmm. I, I, I hugely admire actors and I think it's amazing. I love working with actors, but it seems much more like it's a separate discipline and it's, it's, it's based on the text when you're dealing with like classical uh, theater. And, it, and it's, that's, that's for me, it's harder to understand. I, I, I completely kind of agree with everything you've said, but then I, I'm, I'm working on a piece at the moment. Um, it's uh, Sonia Kelly's Once Upon a Bridge. And, no, I don't know. We don't know. It hasn't happened yet. But I'm really thinking a lot about something she said, which was the power of the pieces. We're going to d- deliver a very presentational style. They're going to just kind of speak out to the audience. And we, we, because of the COVID, blah blah blah. A lot of our, a lot of the design process was like, where are we physically going to fit them in the room? How are we going to fit this amount of people in? And like we were looking at different shapes. Should should it be slightly? Should the audience surround them a little bit? And and we were just like, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. And the reason being is there's something about a stillness. And so, and I would connect this with what you said with movement equally. It's the opposite in a way, like a, the intensity of what's happening is going to be based on the bodies being probably really quite still. Now, I don't, you know, Sarah, the director may end up, they may, there may end up being a lot more movement, but I'm finding that really fascinating that um, I'm just seeing it in visual terms at the minute. That, 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 and like Sonia's point that the, the text will, all of that intensity it's it's a I don't know how do I, it's a physical it's even though it's the text um it's a really exciting physical intensity that you're creating mm-hmm. by not moving around as well um yeah but movement is not necessarily moving a lot like yeah. movement can be still like you know i think it could be somebody standing there and it's just like where is the most you know if the text is the most important then it kind of like uh, squash the other things and to, to me a bit, you know, I, I, always, I, I think I, I mean, I, maybe it's terrible to say that, but I always think like there is something more avant-garde in dance to me. I mean, I'm speaking about contemporary dance because I, I don't really understand the, but like the, I think there is something more to me that, yeah, dance would be like avant-garde theater. So, yeah. So in some way, like, uh, I think interestingly, you're saying Sinead with the, 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 the stillness, but then the text is, it is providing the tension. I think it's exactly the same with music. Sometimes 
it's, it's as if the, the text is the kind of driving rhythm or something, whereas in dance, maybe you need the music to be the driving rhythm. Um, whereas in, in theory, it can be the, even if it's not like rhythmically spoken, but it's kind of the, the surface level of thing, which yeah. is pushing it, it forward. It's a simplicity or something. And I guess I don't want to either put forward the idea that like the tech, like I, I definitely Sonia is not the type of person who's like the text is king. And, but it's something like the face, you, when you take away everything else, then what, what happens in a, in a dark room with, when you're watching somebody really still, like Sabine said, every tiny movement becomes massive and everything they do with their faces. So it's the choreography of their face moving in time and space and the way they catch the light and all of those things become really pronounced because it's so still and pared back and they're not moving around trying to see everybody and try, you know, they're not, they're not kind of, I guess it's a, it's a very, it's a stillness and a, an intensity. Yeah. We could have another podcast <laughs> talking about all these different things. Uh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope I'll see you physically soon, whenever uh, the conditions we live in um, allow. Yeah, soon, please God, hopefully. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We will be back soon with a new episode. The Irish Society of Stage and Screen Designers podcasts are possible thanks to the Design and Crafts Council of Ireland.